0: You're listening to Freedom Christian Fellowship's podcast. Well, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, it says, This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. That's good news, amen? The old is gone. The new life has begun. That's the power of the gospel. You know, Paul really, and he's the writer of this He basically sums up the gospel right there. If you are in Christ, the old life is gone and the new life has come. Oh, thank God for the new life. I'm thankful for the power of the cross and the price that Jesus paid on the cross. And that he forgave us of all of our sins. And we get a fresh start in life. What an incredible story. It's the truth. And today, I'm just going to kind of give you just, uh, you might say a study guide. Has anybody ever heard of Cliff Notes? You ever heard of Cliff Notes? Yeah. Many of you have. Because when I was in high school, I did not like to read at all. And how many of you know in English class you had to read? Books like Wuthering Heights, I mean, just the name sounds boring to me. Now, I love to read now. I do. But back then, I did not like to read. And so anytime we had a reading assignment and had to write a paper, the day before the paper was due, I always went out and got the clip notes and would read them real quick because the clip notes just kind of give a highlight of the book and then turn in my paper the next day. And uh, finally, one time, my English teacher, Miss Wharton, I'll never forget her, she wrote on my paper, she gave me a D, and uh, she wrote on my paper, you only read the cliff notes, you did not read the book. And I'm like, no, she knows now. Like these teachers never knew what the students were doing, because they were, I, it was plain in my paper that I was just giving the highlights. Well, today, I'm going to give you just the highlights of the new life. And every one of these points that I'm going to be sharing, there's five of them, Every one of these points I'm going to be sharing could really, this could be a series. And what I'm encouraging you to do is write down the Scriptures that I'm going to be sharing and then take it with you. Write down these points in the Scriptures and then study. Get in it. Get in the book. Don't just read the highlights. There's a lot more in the book. Get in this book and learn what it is to live the new life in Christ Jesus. It's an incredible experience. The first thing in living this new life Number one is about knowing. When When you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, it's important that you know, that you know. Please hear my heart on this, that you know that you are a child of God, that you are saved. That the old life is gone and the new life has come. You know there are no more questions in your heart. God wants that to be settled in your heart. You know, the Bible says in Romans chapter 10, I believe it's verses 9 and 10, it says this, that if you will confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that that, that God raised Christ from the dead, you shall, you shall be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth, one professes faith and is saved. We need to settle that, that if, you've ever asked Christ, if you have asked Jesus Christ into your heart to be your Lord and Savior, and you genuinely believe in Him, you can know today that you are a child of God, that you belong to Him. And it's not you trying to hold on to God. Let me tell you, friends, God is holding on to you. I'm so, I love that old song. When I could not reach mercy, <laughs> mercy came running to me. Wow. Mercy came running to me. And I found out on this Christian walk <laughs> that it's more God is pursuing me than I've been pursuing Him. I love that. You can know. You need to know Know in your heart that you are a child of God. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8 that when we accept Christ, when, when when we have received that spirit from God, that we're no longer fearful slaves. We don't live as slaves. But it bears witness with our spirit that we are what? Children of God. We are adopted. We have been grafted into the vine, you might say. We are his children. And we have a right to the inheritance with Jesus Christ. You have to know. And if you're going to live this new life, some of, the, some of you, this is a refresher. Some of, this, some of you, you're, you're new in this. You need to know that you know that you're a child of God. That he's been pursuing you. He sent his son to give his life a sacrificial death so that the world, the world would be reconciled to him. You need to know. And the second thing is this in this new life that you and I are living, is you need to grow. <laughs> It's not just knowing, it's growing. Did you know God intends for us to grow when we we become believers? When we accept Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, God wants us to grow. Because if you read your Bible, and I'm not going to have time to go through it all, the Bible indicates in a few places, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, that that we start as babes in Christ. That's the way Paul referred to some of the people in the Corinthian church. He referred to them as babes in Christ. So we start as babes. But we're not supposed to stay as babes. God wants us to grow. Everybody say, grow. (laughs) Look at your neighbor and say, grow. (laughs) We're not only supposed to know, we're supposed to grow. You know, and here's the big idea. That growing is up to you. (laughs) Because it also says in Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews says in chapter 5, He was talking to a group of people, and he said this. He said, you're having to be taught when by now you should be teaching. He said, I I can only give you milk. I can't give you meat because you're still babes in Christ. What does that tell me is that growing is not automatic. I've got to apply myself to growth. And there, again, each one of these points could have a a message with each one of them. And so I'm just going to give you one, one way in which we grow, one way which is an indicator that we're growing. You know, Paul said in Philippians 3, 12 through 15, you can write this down, but I'm going to read it quickly here. It says, I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. But I focus on this one thing. Everybody say one thing. Amen. Forgetting the past and oh man, good, and looking forward to what lies ahead. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. Verse 15. And a lot of times we leave this out. Verse fifteen: Let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. And he says this: If you disagree on some some point, I believe God's going to make it plain to you. <laughs> so, what is one indication that we're growing? What is one indication that we recognize and we have this wholehearted devotion and we're focused on Jesus Christ and we're moving forward in life? Listen, if 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 the past consumes you, it's likely you're not growing. Paul said, focus on the future. I'm, I'm forgetting the past, and I'm moving forward. I'm focused on Jesus Christ. I'm growing as a Christian. I have a wholehearted devotion on Christ, and I'm focused on Him, this new life. It's about knowing. And it's about growing. And the third thing is this. It's also about becoming. Now growing and becoming are intertwined. Ephesians 4, 14 and 15 just really kind of puts it out there kind of plain for us to understand. It says, then we will no longer be immature like children. He's talking about growth. He says we won't be tossed And blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love. Growing in every way more and more like Christ. Who is the head of the body, the church. What is he saying? We're growing, we're maturing, but we're becoming like Christ. This new life. It's about knowing. Know who you are in Christ. It's about growing. We're to grow in Him. We're to mature in Him. And then we are to become like Him. Can I just share this little thought with you this morning? Who you're becoming is more important than what you're doing. Who you're becoming is more important than what you're doing. Because we are called to become like Christ in everything we do. When we become like Christ, what we do will take care of itself. Our doing will take care of itself when we become like Him. And I'm going to give you the key to becoming like Christ, all right? I'm just going to give you this simple key. And I wasn't going to share this, but Miss Margaret came to my house. Miss Margaret Dowden came over to our house yesterday. Her and Jeannie and the kids went and saw God's Not Dead 2. I heard it's a really good movie. They said it was really good, and... But she came in and she said, I just can't get that word surrender off my heart. And I was like, Margaret, why'd you have to say that? I thought to myself, now I've just really got to go add this to my message. Because the key to becoming like Christ is surrender. It's surrender. I just really I just want to share this quick, quick story with you. About five years ago, this month early stages of death was coming to a dream that Jeannie and I had of planning a church in Colorado. We were there and the church was just, it was just dying. Everything was dying. And it's a long story and I'm not going to share it. But, and there's some things that we haven't shared li- yet that at the right time we probably will about all this whole situation. There weren't any moral failures or anything like that, but there's just some things that Jeannie and I haven't That we're waiting for the right time to share. But it was pretty traumatic. Because we left a perfectly good church. A good, great church. We were pastoring it. And, I mean, I really struggled with some things. And so a few weeks ago, I felt myself just getting back on top, you know. But a few weeks ago, I went to see what I consider probably one of the top pastoral counselors in America. In Dallas, an older man, about 80 years old. I just want to sit down with him and have a conversation. And he looked at me in in this conversation and he said, he said, Kenneth, you don't have failure on you. You don't have fear on you. But here's what he said. He said, you've got to sit down on the inside. And when he said that, it was like, wow. Okay. I hear what you're saying. Yeah, you're right. I've got to surrender And you've got to stop fighting Some of you have been struggling with things in your life And things that have been happening in your life And you don't understand And you're questioning God and, and, And you're questioning What you should already be knowing And you just got to surrender You've just got to sit down on the inside and say, God, I trust you. No more fighting. I trust you. Because, God, you do know what you're doing in my life. And life does offer some pain sometimes. It's it's about surrender. Did you know Jesus even had to surrender? In Hebrews chapter 5, that same chapter, it said that Jesus was praying. This is talking about the Garden of Gethsemane. It says Jesus was praying. and It was like this fervent prayer. And the Bible says that God heard him because of his reverent submission. (laughs) God heard him because of his reverent submission. And Jesus, it goes on to say that Jesus became obedient through the things that he suffered. Wow. There is a place in your life and my life that we just need to surrender and become who he's called us to be. Stop fighting it. Just surrender. Sit down on the inside. I'd never heard it put that way. But when that older gentleman who'd been a pastor for years and now he counsel pastors, when he said that to me, it was just like a something pierced my heart. He said, Stop fighting. Just sit down. Become like Christ. We're all called to become like Christ. 2 Corinthians 5 and 15 says, He died for everyone so that those who receive His new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. You and I, each one of us need to come to the place, if we're not already there, that we say, I don't live for myself. I live for Christ. That's becoming like him. You know, Mark eight thirty four, and I love what this says. It says, then calling the crowd to join his disciples, he said. And I noticed he wasn't just talking to his disciples. He started talking to the crowd that was around him. Jesus said this. He said, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your selfish ways. Take up your cross. And follow me. I love what Justin sang this last song. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. You know, that's a powerful statement. That really is a powerful statement. I've decided to die myself. Even During praise and worship, I just put my hand on my heart and I said, God, I give my dreams to you. I just give them to you. They belong to you. They're not mine anymore. They're yours. We have to come to that place where we just sit down on the inside and we become like Christ. (laughs) I promise you. I promise you. I can't end it. I've got to move on here. But I promise you, when you become like Christ in his death, you'll become like him in his resurrection. Mm. When you lay it down, God will pick it back up. And it'll be greater than you've ever dreamed. It'll be greater than what you've ever dreamed. Wow. I know that's kind of heavy. But some of you have been fighting, fighting. And God says this morning, stop fighting. Trust me. Trust me. Just sit down on the inside. That's number three. Number four. What have what we talked about? Knowing. We've talked about growing. We've talked about becoming. And number four, what is this new life about? It's about going. It's about going. Look what 2 Corinthians 5, verses 18 to 21, it says. and Paul's talking about this new life. He says, and all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. Thank God. He no longer counts our sins against us because our sins were placed on Jesus Christ. And it goes on. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. Can you see it? Paul's saying, we've been born again. Our life's been changed. Now it's time for us to go. We have been redeemed so that we can go redeemed. We've been reconciled. Now we have this ministry of reconciliation. We have this responsibility. It's a joy, it's a privilege, but it's also a responsibility to cry out to people all over the world come back to God. Come back to God. If your life has been changed, God wants you to take what he's done in your life and now carry it to the people around you. This message of reconciliation. Because the Bible goes on to say, and Paul said, I love this, because Paul said, we speak for Christ when we plead. We speak for Christ. We speak for Christ when we plead. Come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. That message. My life is no longer my own. (laughs) I now have a response. You have a responsibility. If you've accepted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, and I hope you have, and if you haven't, today's the day. Today's the day. What a joy it is. To know Him. To know you're a child of God. And then to grow in Him. It's a wonderful experience. And then to become like Him. And then to go for Him. And this is all possible because of the last point. Point number five is this. Is that this new life is about loving. It's about loving Paul said this in 2 Corinthians 5 and 14. Listen to what Paul said. There's going to be a lot of people moving around, the people that are getting water baptized. But please just stay focused. I'm going to close this out. Listen to what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 5 and 14. He said, either way, Christ's love controls us. Now, in some some of your different versions, like the King James, New King James, and I think the NIV might even use this word, it says, Christ's love compels us. He's talking about carrying this message. He says it's the love of Christ compels us. You know what that word compel means? That word compel means this. In every use of the word, there is a sense of constraint. A tight grip that prevents escape. The love of Christ, please hear this. The love of Christ leaves us no no choice except to live our lives for him. He says, I'm compelled. I'm controlled by. I'm constrained by. This love of Christ I'm not living my life Let me tell you something folks When you experience the love of God And you grow in the love of God You can't help but be constrained by that love And compelled to go and tell others How much God loves them It's all about love And about loving Loving others Loving God and loving others That's the new life that he's called us to live. Ephesians 5, 1 and 2 says, Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do or become like him because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love. (laughs) I'm so thankful for his love. Live a life filled with love. Following the example of Christ, he loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us. A pleasing aroma to God. So this should be our prayer. Philippians 1, 9 and 10. Paul is praying and he says, I pray that your love will overflow more and more. I like that. That your love will overflow more and more more it will overflow overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding there's growing again for I want you to understand what really what really what really matters so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return so what is this new life all about if any man be in Christ he's a new creature The old has passed away. Behold, all has become new. You're a new. That word new creature means unused. In literal Greek, it really means this. A new species of being that's never existed before. You're new. The old is gone. The new has come. What does that really mean? And it means I know who I am in Christ. I know. I know I'm a child of God. It means I grow, I begin to grow, and I, I apply myself to growing. It means I become. Then, I, as I grow, I'm becoming like Christ. And then, when I'm becoming like Christ, I can't help but go. I go. Why? Because I love. I love. The love of God has been shed abroad in my heart. In a minute we're fixed to celebrate (laughs) With these that are being water baptized When they go down into that water You know what this baptism means? You know what it's saying? When they go down The old life is being buried And then when they come up out of that water You know what it's saying? They now live They're living a new life (laughs) They're living a new life It's just a public confession of their faith in Christ he loves you, and he's got a wonderful plan for you. Let's bow our heads. Everybody, please, bow your head. Nobody looking around. Please, let's just reverence this moment if, for just a moment if we can. You're out there, and you say, Pastor Ken, I really even haven't I have started this journey yet because I've never asked Jesus to come into my heart. I, I've never asked him to come in to be my Lord and Savior. I've never confessed. That he is Lord of my life. I've never done that. I, can I tell you today that today's today's the day of salvation, the Bible yeah. says. Today is the day. Don't wait. Don't put it off. God loves you. And if you're here today, and we're not going to embarrass you. I just want you to lift your hand and put it right back down. But if you're here today, and you say, Pastor Ken, I have never accepted Christ into my heart and life. I've never asked him to come in and be my Lord and Savior. I want you to lift your hand. Is there anybody here? all over this building, you can say, I've never done that. Anyone here? We're not going to embarrass you in any way. We're not going to. Thank you. You can put, put your hand right back down. Anybody else? Mm-hmm. Thank you, ma'am. You can put your hand right back down. Anybody else? Anybody else? You would say, I've never asked Christ to come into my heart. Anyone else in this place today? Maybe you, you'll you say, Ken, I've asked into my heart, but... I've stopped growing. You lift your hand and say, I want prayer. I need prayer. I need to grow. Yeah, amen, all over this building. I've asked Him into my heart, Ken, but I've really stopped becoming like Christ. I've kind of slipped back into my old nature. Anybody here, you need prayer for that? I've kind of slipped back in. Thank you so much. Maybe you're not going, and you know you should be going. You're not telling your neighbors about Christ, but you want to do that. You want the courage. I want you to lift your hand. Anybody here? Yeah, amen. Amen. You put them right back down. Maybe your love walk has grown cold. Anyone here? You know. You, you're just honest and say, you know what? Pastor, my love walk has grown cold. I'm really not loving like I should. You lift your hand and put it right back down. Anybody here? Yeah, thank you. Anybody else? All right, let's pray, and we're going to celebrate these baptisms. You know, those that lifted their hand for salvation, it just takes a, a prayer of believing in your heart. That Jesus died for you. And asking him to come in and be your Lord and Savior. And right there in that place. He'll he'll come in and he'll change your life. Father in Jesus name. I pray for every person that lifted their hand for salvation today. Maybe there's some out there today God. That they don't know Christ. But there just wasn't that courage to do it. God I pray that right now. Father they would still pray that prayer. To ask Christ into their heart. To be their Lord and Savior. And Father I just thank you. Thank you for sending your son. And may we all, Father, be on this journey to grow and to become like Christ, God, and to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And, and Father, to, to love, to love our neighbors, ourselves, and to love God with all of our hearts, soul, mind, and strength. You now, Father, I thank you for new life. And, Father, we're about to celebrate baptism in this house, God. And I thank you for your Holy Spirit that is here, Father, to celebrate with us today. And I pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Put your hands together and give God praise. Amen.